African College Scholars. We've been having a really informative and fun discussion on how to find your dream career with Deborah Cooper of Your Career Design Labs. There are 10 steps to finding your dream career. Now, do you remember what we covered so far? In this last installment of our series, Deborah Cooper will reveal steps nine and 10 to finding your career of your dreams. So let's get into this conversation. Deborah, I've been having such a great time talking to you about this. I'm inspired. I hope our audience is inspired and our students are revved up to really like pursue their dreams, not just a job, but the job for them. You covered some great stuff in the last episode, especially about networking and how tenacious and bold you have to be. And you cover a little bit about that in this ninth step, which is the art of the follow-up the right and wrong ways to follow through LinkedIn or email. Help us out, Deborah. What are we doing wrong with our LinkedIn and our emails? <laughs> exactly. Well, that was really great what you said, Tatiana. It really is. There's an art of the follow-up. And just to also let your listeners know that on my website at www.yourcareerdesignlab.com, I've got about 10 blogs on this free content on these subjects. You know, the best way to follow up, letting go of your fear, letting go of limiting beliefs. I think follow-up really comes down to, like we spoke about before, is limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs in yourself. Why would I follow up? Why would anybody want to speak to me? Like, who am I, you know? But here you went through all the trouble of doing a resume working on yourself, finding your dream career, doing the cover letter, and now you think it's going to just sit there? It's not the way it works. The follow-up is probably the single most important thing to garnering your dream career. Because when you are tenacious, when you don't give up, when you, unless you get, this is just my own thing, but unless you get a yes or a no, keep at it. And it's what I've said before. It takes about a hundred phone calls to get one return thing. But as I said before, too, is that you need to keep bringing value. And as one of the things is in the cover letter is to be specific about the time that you would make yourself available. When it comes, let's break it down. When it comes to LinkedIn, let's say you find somebody that you really enjoy working with, or you're wondering if they have a job or whatever. First of all, you know, you could go to LinkedIn and go to careers. Then you could find people that go to your school. That is one way to do a follow-up or, you know, um, sending the resume and whatever, and then following up. Second thing is somebody who makes an introduction for you. That's an easy one. You know, when somebody makes an introduction, of course you want to follow up, but I'll be honest with you, it's even more important because that person recommended you. So you better follow up. Thirdly, like let's say you can't get to the HR person or obviously you can't get to the person who is supposed to interview you. Honestly, get friends with the secretary. Get friends with the like front person and then they will help you to get to the people that you want to. And the bottom line to the follow-up is don't take no for an answer until you hear a no and you get the reason why. I have my clients do an Excel sheet of all the people that they reached out to, the company, the website, the email, the phone number, 
when they called, when they sent out the resume, what date they followed up so that, you know, it's not in their head or in a calendar or something. It's on an Excel sheet where it's like, oh, okay, I got to follow up. It's been a day. And I'd say follow up every two days. Because even I, I had a girl who wanted to work for me and she literally called me every two days, but would bring new value. Deborah, you know, I don't know. I have this company that I think would be really good for your company. Or did you know about this? Or did you know about that? I really want to work for you. I really want to work for you. But it wasn't like, I really want to work for you. Here's what I'm going to bring to the table. By the fifth phone call, it's like, I want somebody like that. I want somebody like that in my company because I know that person is going to do for me what they're doing now. But I'll tell you, the kids that don't follow up, that just shows that you don't care. Wow. So when it comes to like the method of following up with the phone calls, email, even with social media messaging, yeah. is there a preferred way depending on your industry or depending on what you're talking to or who you're talking to? Did you have any recommendations? There was a guy who reached out to me the other day on LinkedIn and says, I've been looking at your website. I've, I've listened to your podcast. I've watched your thing on NBC. I love what you talk about with careers with kids. And he went through a whole thing that basically said to me, wow, this guy did his research. He's, you know, it's clear that he knows or thinks he knows who I am. Then he said, I'm doing this, this, and this. I believe there could be a collaboration. Could you take 15 minutes to see if there's a synergy there or whatever? Now I'm curious. And now we had a conversation. He came on another thing, a webinar that I did. And next week we're going to speak because he showed me that he cared about what I was doing as it relates to him. And that's what kids have to do. It's again, it's about the someone else. You're following them. If they could work, if I could work for your company, if I could do this, I would bring X, Y, and Z. Sure, that's a good example especially like we mentioned before in previous episodes about doing the research about the company or the employer, including that in the interview, including that in the cover letter, and even in the follow-up, even if it's like a, a cold meeting where it's like you're reaching out to that person for the first time, just being knowledgeable and giving more details about the person besides, you know, their name. <laughs> right. Thank right. You. I can't tell you how many like LinkedIn outreach I get hi, I'm your website, you know, if you need more of this, it's like, my website's amazing. Like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? So it really, you have to show that you are familiar with that person, that you know what that person's doing, what they're about, and the value, again, that you can bring. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to, like, knowing that person that you want to reach out to, do you need to take into account like how they would prefer to be reached via communications? Like how do you know if that person's a better phone call person or a better email person? You know, that's, you never do know. I, that's a good point that you brought up though, Tatiana. I'm a big, big, did I mention big proponent of old school of picking up the freaking phone. In fact, I'll never forget when I was pitching things, I would always get this vibe like four o'clock when they were like just leaving from work. And I would always get them on the phone. 
like, you know, I, I, then I go, I know you're walking out, you know, do you have like five minutes and they'll go, okay. And I better bring it. Do you know what I mean? If I'm, I'm taking their time going home to pick up their kid or whatever, I better bring it. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was thank you notes and things like that, you know, in terms of preference, you know, you might want to mention on the cover letter, may I reach you by phone? Like now people go, do you want to speak by Zoom? What do you prefer, Zoom or a call? Because I think, to be honest with you, people are a little Zoomed fatigued. So just be prepared to say, I, I'd love to have a quick phone call with you. Somebody could take a quick phone call when they're catching a train or plane or automobile. You know what I mean? So that, but also the thank you note. As soon as you reach out to someone and they agree to a phone call or they agree to an informational interview, by the way, informational interviews are as important as the interviews. So when you're reaching out on LinkedIn, it's basically to say you're in the same industry, 15 minutes of your time for an informational interview, would I'd be internally grateful. And then it's a thank you note via email, but I go old school in writing a thank you note. I just spoke to University of Delaware kids that were on their, um, um, like at Hawaii, you know, like their trip abroad. I could not believe in the mail. I got an actually handwritten thank you note. And then all the kids had written their own individual thank you notes. And then I got like a typed thing, their emails of what they wrote. I, in a little beautiful little picture, like I guess they had gotten Hawaii or something. I was like crying. Like now, and now I'll tell you something, I have all those notes. If any single one of those kids reach out to me, I will be there. I made a note actually in my notes of these are the kids from University of Delaware who wrote the thank you notes and to take any one of their phone calls or outreach. The great point that you're making, like how you're touching the heart basically of the people that you're connecting with even if you all don't know each other on um on a deep level like that it's still it's just that human touch of written communication even if it's a hadn't written known you're like i don't even know where to get stamps y'all find the stamps <laughs> exactly they're at the post office or at a market put one on and find a mailbox i can't i mean it's a game changer that's all I can tell you. It's a game changer. Absolutely. Wow, that's inspiring, especially for someone who writes myself. I like handwritten letters still and, and notes. So it, it goes a long way compared to looking at the screen all day and seeing emails. You're like, okay, it's just another email. But sometimes, you know, that, that surprise in the mail, it hits different. I was, I was blown away. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow, we've covered so much in this um in this discussion and in the series, helping our take stock in college student scholars really explore their options and get to finding their dream career. We've covered nine steps over this series and now we're finally at step 10, which is plot twist is actually when you find and land your dream career. Wow. <laughs> um, to many, it can feel like a dream, but Deborah, I believe that you believe it's a reality that a lot of us can achieve. So my question for you is, how do you know when you made it in terms of reaching your dream career? You know, people just think like the first job they get is the job they're going to have for like the rest of their life. 
And I can tell you right now, that is not the case. And that, but, but here, conversely, look at what you don't like can be as important. Finding out what you don't want to do can be as important as what you want to do. So keep that in mind. You don't want to spend time in something that you absolutely hate. There's no room for that. There's no necessary for that anymore. There might have been a time where jobs were not as pervasive as they are now. And you're just like, hey, take something right now and then work your way up or work your way out or whatever. I can guarantee you that is not the case right now. There are so many jobs out there. And so again, coming, but it comes back to knowing who you are. I know I keep repeating it, but it's true somewhat of what you want to do and then find that place in it. And then when you get in and you go, Ooh, this is not what I want to do. Then start to network within that company to say, well, do you know somebody that's doing this? I had a girl who, and many, maybe people on this feel this way or have had this where she was like just walking down the street and her neighbor was, they started talking and the neighbor said, Oh, you'd be really good in my company. You should come work for me. And she was like, oh, okay. Because she didn't know what she wanted to do. So it was in fashion and she did PR and writing and communications with her. And then after about seven years, she met a chef at a restaurant, whatever. She started working for him, did a fundraiser thing for him. And then after like literally 10 some years of being in these things, she's like, what do I want to do? What do what do I want to do? So we really had to excavate what she wanted to do. And when she realized that she's great at coordination and she had great stories when she was younger, how she loved coordinating things. That was like her gig. She just loved to coordinate and organize things. So she wanted to be like a coordinator, like on the Drew Barrymore show or whatever. Now there's a reality check to that, that you don't go from that to coordinating on the Drew Barrymore show because there's thousands of people who want to be doing that. But now she got into a job where it's a coordinating job of a like a like a studio in Queens or Brooklyn where she organizes all like shoots for commercials or Netflix shows or whatever. She loves it. It's an all women company. So she got into what she wanted to do. And she's so happy now she may do that for two or three years. And then parlay that into coordinating for a big, you know, for a late night show or whatever. Wow, that's awesome. Especially because this like is taking a number of different steps, right? So I, I mentioned before about pivoting and how even in the pandemic, people like adults had to pivot in their career journey. What do students need to know about making pivots in their career journey when it comes to making it to their dream career? Oh, you're always, you always know you're going to be pivoting. You're always going to be pivoting. You know, it's just about learning. It's garnering the learnings from whatever you do and just keep applying them to the next job and the next job and the next job. It's never, you know, as somebody who's a serial entrepreneur, it's just about finding gaps. It's about finding what it is you want to do and keep working towards that. And it may take a few years, but just get, you know, my father used to have a saying, and I've lived by this my whole life, just find something you love to do, get good at it, and just keep growing from there. Fantastic. That's a great way to wrap up this, this section of 
of finding your dream career, like step 10. And once you made it, like understand that there's more that comes with it. Like you're not at the tippy top because you could be seeing like a whole new landscape, a whole new mountain that you want to climb up in your career. So sounds like we, we don't stop learning. We don't stop networking. We don't stop um, improving our resume and things like that. <laughs> That's right. And you know what I would say to you, Tatiana, is step outside your box. One of the things on the hero's journey is do something that makes you uncomfortable every seven days. If you're not making yourself uncomfortable every seven days, you're not stretching yourself. Mm. So my word of advice is keep stretching, keep growing, because your dream career is never you know, we have dreams every night or, you know, you could always keep dreaming. There is no end game or end goal to it. That's awesome. Again, thank you so much, Deborah Cooper, for all of your insightful information and helpful advice that I know our students are going to need every year, every grade level that they're in, or every academic level, rather, <laughs> um, in school. Uh, can you tell me what's next for your career design lab that would benefit our Chase Docking College Scholars? Well, I first and foremost, I would have them go to my website, as I mentioned, www.yourcareerdesignlab.com. For free, they can download my Tada list. That's what we talked about in the beginning. It's really a great place to download this uh, PDF and really start to think about what are the things you're passionate about. In addition, all my podcasts are on there so they can listen to other advice that I've given to other people as well as this. Um, also, that have blogs on how to turn an interview into a conversation, how to let go of limiting beliefs, how to let go of the fear. I have a lot of step-by-step -step things that again are free. In addition, I do have three courses that I do do obviously one-on-one -on -one if somebody needs to do their story and I have a budget for that. Also what I love and has been so successful is my group coaching sessions. Great stuff, Deborah. And if our students want to reach you, we have your information and that we'll share with them on Taste Connect so that they can get in contact with you about your programs and about the free resources that you're providing. So again, thank you so much for providing us the 10 steps to finding your dream career. I think this is going to be amazing for our students, especially those who are starting to think about their career journey, starting to take it seriously. And even the students who aren't, like they can really put some of these steps into play right now, like networking and even doing research on potential jobs or employers that they want to work with in the future. So thank you so much for your time and for pouring into our Take Stock and College students. We appreciate you. <laughs> thank you so much, Tatiana. It was a pleasure. I really believe in these kids and I know they all deserve the rightful place in the in the in their careers. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, everyone, again, for listening to this special series of the College Corner podcast. If you have any questions regarding your dream career, we got you. You can reach out to us on Taste.Connect. Until then, continue dreaming.
The views, opinions, statements, representations, recommendations, advice, and other content presented in this podcast are solely those of the individuals expressing them who are solely responsible for same. Such content does not express the opinions, views, or statements of Takestock and Children and Takestock and College, and they do not confirm, endorse, sponsor, or recommend any of such content or the presenters of the content. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Takestock and Children makes no representations or warranties as to the accuracy, correctness, and completeness of any such content, or that this podcast is free of viruses or other malicious code. Takestock and Children expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or any other damages arising out of any use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the content presented in this podcast. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge and agree to the foregoing terms and release and agree to hold Takestock and Children harmless from and against any claim or liability related to or arising from this podcast or the content provided therein.